0: This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with... Megan Brasilia And Christopher Gonzalez. Today we are continuing our gigantic list of 350 good questions to ask from conversationstartersworld.com. We begin with number 239, which we have had one week to contemplate. It is, what's your favorite holiday movie? And Megan's answer was complicated, so we decided to circle back around to it. Would you like to give us any clarity on uh, your holiday movie thoughts?
1: Well, in this week of contemplation that, honestly, I didn't take... Um It's complicated only simply because of the fact that I watch holiday movies year-round randomly. There is no logical sense as to when I will watch a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie or anything that fits what someone might quote-unquote dictate as a holiday movie. Um... The one thing I can pretty much guarantee, though, is that sometime during the month of October, I will do my best to watch the Disney movie Hocus Pocus. That's the closest I can say to, like, a holiday movie. Other than that, I love my cheesy Christmas movies from, like, Hallmark and that kind of stuff. Um, I am... Not on the supporting bandwagon of a Christmas story. I don't get it. Um, My family's tradition, not mine, my family's is to watch Elf during December. To each their own, I guess. Um, I have a couple times partaken in my best friend's uh, Halloween tradition of watching the movie Tremors. So, you know, it it just kind of whenever and, you know, whatever. I know a lot of people have a different version of what they classify as a holiday movie or why they might watch something for some kind of tradition. But uh, that would be why mine's complicated because I don't have a straightforward answer.
0: Yeah, I just definitely don't at all because I, I don't. I don't often rewatch movies. Definitely not regularly, um, and for the most part, once I've seen a movie, I'm I'm good on it for a long time. Like if I can even remember relatively clearly all the beats of the movie, I don't need to see it because remembering it is sort of like rewatching it. Um, there are some movies that I'll watch clips of on YouTube. And that's enough from that movie for, like, the rest of the year, just watching the clips. As far as tying it into line dance, the only thing that I can think of would be big because they jump on the giant keyboard in tandem. And they're kind of doing the same steps-ish, so I, I can't tell you the last time I watched it, but that's, like... The closest thing I can think of is like a line dancey movie, a holiday. Question two forty: Who is the most? Oh, come on! Who is the most manipulative person you've ever met? I don't want to tie this into to line dance. Maybe most influential, if you want to look at manipulative in in the sense of like has caused change or newness among other people. Yes. That's what we can say. Maybe
1: I will. Yeah, I'll go along the lines of manipulation in the sense of who can take what is expected and rework it into the unexpected or can see things in a way that maybe others do not. And then can translate it. Maybe I don't like manipulative in the negative context that most people initially associate it with.
0: I have one answer for who can um, get you to do things. And I would say, Joe, when she said, can I get a yeehaw or can I get a, woo?" somebody make some noise. Like she makes you want to do stuff on the dance floor. Like whatever it is that, that she is up to. She looks like she's having a good time. And do you want to be part of that because of something that she you know shouted out on the dance floor like you you feel like um like joining in. She makes it fun and easy to join in. She gives you permission. Also uh, John Robinson is great at bringing that side of people out uh, having them play with him. You look like you have a thought. What's your thought?
1: I was trying to look up the definition of manipulate to see if there's a way to manipulate the word itself into a positive thing and as a verb the first one that comes up it says handle or control a tool mechanism etc typically in a skillful skillful manner that's the first one. Then the negative goes in or the second one goes into the control and influence cleverly, unfairly and unscrupulously. So, uh, the second one's a little bit more of a negative context, but uh handle or control typically in a skillful manner.
0: Well, I know that Rachel takes on all kinds of projects um often mostly on her own and she knows what she's doing or she figures it out and then she pulls it off amazingly. So there's that. I'm not going to use the word manipulative because that's not really the same thing um, with all the negative connotations in that in the dictionary definition. But uh, yeah, I, I would say she is one of the most skilled people I know at um, creating and controlling projects in line dance, whether it's like a performance or training competitors or something like that you ready for 241 yes great number 241 who's the most creative person you know roja de Sobroto and fiona murray i guess if they collaborated on some of my favorite most creative dances it's the first thing that comes to mind and rachel but see previous episodes on all that
1: <laughs> seriously because you know we don't praise enough um when it comes to line dance and movement i certainly agree with rachel roy and fiona i would certainly even go back a little bit further to say guyton guyton monday is definitely one of the most creative people i have seen when it comes to line dance um I think I would also have to certainly put Joe in this category as well, just because some of the costumes and characters that she's pulled out have been quite spectacular as well. Um, I mean, Mr. Showcase himself is another one. John Robinson is certainly one of the most creative people I know. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to line dance, I think we have a lot of people that we are very, very fortunate to have in our community. Um, Michael and Michelle with their costumes. Absolutely. Um, I would have to say, oh, uh, totally just lost that train of thought. this is what happens when you're trying to like think of all of these things all at one time, um, and I totally lost it. Oh, I would also even say um, Scott Blevins. Like his some of his early dances just push the envelope and extremely creative. So I would definitely have to say him as well.
0: You know, the funny thing is when when you look like you were searching for the the answer or the name that was rolling around in your head I was thinking oh is this like beyond choreography is this something else so I started thinking about performances and shows so I was also thinking Scott Blevins but I thought when you said Scott Blevins you were going in the same direction I was which was like the shows at Marathon uh
1: yes the shows at Marathon he is quite creative with those that's for sure
0: puts a lot of thought into them. um uh, Two four two. I had to Google this one uh, because I wasn't sure if I was remembering it correctly. What's the funniest pickup line you've heard? Oh,
1: I, I, um, go ahead. You first.
0: Uh, the first one that came to mind, which is just terrible is, are you from Tennessee? Cause you're the only 10 I see. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, as far as I know, the experience in Nashville has not been canceled. It is still proceeding in September 2020.
1: That was the last update as of like, yesterday. Yep.
0: Uh, so anyone who is listening to this right now, whenever it is that you know we send it to Lion Dancer or uh, put it on Buzzsprout to be hosted at liondancepodcast.com, uh, you are welcome to use that pickup line. Are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only 10 I see. Do you see?
1: Sadly, I see. Uh, no, um, <laughs> honestly, like I've heard so many pickup lines and whatnot. I can't tell you what the funniest one I've heard. Like there's there hasn't really been one that I guess would have made enough of an impression to classify as funniest. All right, then. Although I do really enjoy hearing the cheesy corny pickup lines
0: so hmm. oh I'm trying to think is there like a line dance one you could do uh, I'll come up with them before the end of the episode because my mind is going in a, in a direction and I think I've, uh, I've nearly got it anyway number 243 uh, what seemingly innocent question makes you think it's a trap there's the question of so what do you do that is loaded but anyway uh, first thing that came to mind it's kind of related to line dance too go ahead
1: can i get your opinion (laughs) or what do you think (laughs) it's like "Mm, are you sure
0: (laughs) oh especially when it comes to choreography
1: (laughs) i don't know um what seemingly innocent question makes you think it's a trap
0: you know, one of the things that comes to mind is uh, it's, it's like some meme I've seen about the start um, of arguments or like that's how the argument started where it seems like everything's fine. It's fine. Like the conversation is concluded and, and the person says, so are we good? And like, yeah, oh yeah, we're good. And then just as the person's about to leave, I just think it's funny how blah, 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 blah. And then a whole new can of worms opens up. Um, So maybe the question version of that would be, don't you think it's funny how la-la-la-la-la? And then if the person agrees or disagrees, it's like they've already lost. (laughs) Line dance-wise, seemingly innocent question. What's your favorite dance? Mm.
1: Yeah, and so seemingly innocent and you'd think it's a trap it would certainly be who's your favorite choreographer Mm. or favorite event event or favorite dance for sure because there's so many great ones out there and you're like "Mm, i can't yeah no
0: do you think there's enough country in line dance because people can go either way. They should. They could say, like, there shouldn't be any non-country line dance. I think, you know, we, we need to bring country back. And then there are other people who are like, you know, it's making us look bad, all this country stuff that people need to see. We've gone farther than that. Either way, unless you, don't, you, you already know the person and where they lean, it could be a trap. Yeah. Number 244, how ambitious are you? I mean, I'm trying to come up with a line dance related pickup line by the end of this episode. So that's pretty ambitious, I think when there are no places to see line dancers in person for a while, (laughs) things are opening up. How ambitious. I mean, I kind of go with the flow. Very zen. Uh, Sometimes I have big projects like maybe someday there will be line dancing in space. Uh, But it's not really a project as much as I just like to see it. Uh, Sometimes we take on songs for choreography that have a, like, 7-4 time and other weird stuff. Uh, too much phrasing. But then other times, I don't know. Well, I mean, we used to be ambitious with like 70 dances in a month between Windy City and Vegas. But can't think of the last time dance-wise we were especially ambitious. We set aside like an hour a week for this podcast and that seems ambitious sometimes like getting it in before it's it's due um any any line dance ambitious thoughts from your end
1: i would say that i am realistically ambitious meaning when i want something i will certainly go after it uh, or I will give it a try, or I will ask the necessary questions to figure it out. However, I am also in the realistic side to know that there are certain limitations, whether it be finances, or physical limitations, or maybe right now is not the time to release a dance because we're in shelter in place or you know stuff like that um i i have my realistic side of me that i think allows the dreamer inside of me to actually set goals to achieve which is why i'd say i'm healthy in my realistically ambitious oh come on what what is it
0: i'm still in the neighborhood of that pickup line i'm I'm so close number two four five um what did you like slash dislike about where you grew up there's a lot of fog there was a lot of fog um that was daily city california things that i liked i mean it seemed safe enough a lot of hills a lot of views very close to the city mm. culturally diverse didn't seem too shocked by things as i got older because i felt like i'd seen most different kinds of people being again right next to san francisco ah uh, specifically where i grew up i liked that the house was made of like original redwood which is supposed to be like more fire resistant or something um, I think the fog helps with that too. <laughs> uh, dislike. I mean, I grew up thinking it was normal, but our backyard faced out on a freeway, Skyline 35. So it was kind of neat to be able to see the intersection and if there was like a really loud screech, we could see whether it was an accident or just somebody breaking really hard because they couldn't see the traffic light or the car in front of them in the fog. Um, it wasn't really like a dislike. It was just like... A feature of the house again you're growing up you don't know what's normal and what's not in hindsight maybe it would have been you know quieter <laughs> to not have a freeway behind the house i don't know what about you um
1: well just like most people there's always positive and negative to growing up in general um, i enjoyed for the time that I was there being able to say that I lived in the house that my father built which just so happened to be on a street of my last name Uh, so I thought that was cool for a while Um, I liked the idea that I got to move a lot actually as a kid um after about 6th grade uh we moved a few times and then you know my mom bought a new house and you know <laughs> life happened and that house burnt down and now she has another new house in the same property um but the moving i think allowed me to experience the idea that you don't have to stay in one place Whereas, you know, my father has lived in the same house since as long as I can remember. I think I was in kindergarten, maybe, when we moved into that house. So he's been there forever. And let's see. Some of the things I liked, I mean, obviously I loved family traditions that... You know, I can look back on now and be nostalgic because now I understand that they are traditions, not necessarily just like what you did every Friday. Like, because that's just what you did on a Friday. Um, When it comes to growing up in line dance, uh, one of the, the many, 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 many things that I love was when I started in my adventures towards traveling the world this is after the bar venues I am now headed towards my first actual circuit event I liked the idea that I didn't know better I didn't know who all these choreographers were and that like they're basically our version of movie stars. I didn't know that I should be starstruck or anything like that. I didn't know that I, you know, that was one of the, I mean, it's one of the biggest things I've said is I love the fact that I didn't know any better. So I just asked questions and I think, growing up like that in line dance has afforded me a lot of very special friendships and very wonderful opportunities of growth and knowledge. And I feel like because I'm always seeking more understanding and I respect those around me, who have their own experiences and what insights they might be able to afford me that I might not directly be able to see. I think that has allowed me to, again, create some very meaningful relationships in the line dance community, as well as be able to appreciate a lot more of what was line dance and how it's become what it is now So I think that that would be what I, I like the most About growing up with line dance
0: I will give a shout out to Daily City Dance Academy Because it occurred to me that That was in Daily City And that's where I started in dance When I was very young Till the studio changed to North Peninsula Dance Academy After moving to like Burlingame Or Edward City or somewhere else And then eventually just closed down completely <clears throat> um, Yeah I appreciate that about where I grew up that that it existed there and also as far as growing up in line dance I'm glad that we existed at a time um, while we were you know younger and interested in going to country bars when uh, Kodiak Jacks was open and then later Mavericks was open and Rack hadn't closed yet and the grad hadn't closed yet and I'm still grateful that we exist in a time when Stoney's exists Sony's Rock and Rodeo, or maybe they just renamed it to Stony's. I'm not really sure. Up in Sacramento.
1: (coughs) One more thing. I am grateful that I was introduced into the bigger line dance world while Guyton was still working. And although she is still amazing and still a trendsetter and still just God, I wish I knew how your brain worked, but we before Rachel had her babies, so I'm glad that I got to know both versions of her. So,
0: yeah, I second that. Ah, number two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> two, Rachel. four, six. Uh, what elements of pop culture will be forever tied in your mind to your childhood? And this, we could do like a whole episode on this, but one's, when I, when I saw that question, um, a couple things that came to mind were a goofy movie, um, Jurassic Park and, um, it's Friday night and the mood is right. Going to have some fun, show you how it's done. TGIF.
1: Oh my God. There's so many things, so many things. Um, Oh, if we're going to go pop culture, blockbuster, we're going to go Tamagotchi, we're going to go Nintendo, we're going to go Oregon Trail, we're going to go Power or Power Rangers, we're going to go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we're going to go definitely a Goofy movie. Um, I'm going to even say uh, stuff like, from my childhood, certainly my parents made sure I watched Star Wars. Um... For me, there is also, oh, God, there's so many things, so many things, so many things. Uh, Garth Brooks was huge in my childhood because that's what my family listened to. Um, Roundtable pizza, for sure. That's where we had our soccer parties.
0: Uh, You mentioned Garth Brooks, and it reminded me that one of the few... Country, well, I remember Garth Brooks existing, but like one of the few um, country music artists that I remember hearing a lot of, I think because of my grandma, uh, was Alan Jackson. And we had a VHS, which I think we might still have, of Here in the Real World, which had a bunch of videos, music videos for songs from his album, which I think was Here in the Real World. And we rewatched that many times because we didn't have like a ton of tapes, but we watched that one a lot. Um, and line dance wise, I remember "Achy Breaky Heart." I think if I'm not if I'm not just imagining that, I think I remember when that was a thing in the world. "Achy Breaky Heart."
1: <laughs> um, I certainly remember when the song was released. I was in elementary school. Um, I can say Pogs. I still want. To be a part of Double Dare, the TV show, or Wild and Crazy Kids, or um, oh my gosh, what was the Temple one?
0: Legends of the Hidden Temple, is thing.
1: Yes, that that one. Legends of the Hidden Temple, for sure. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, Gosh, oh, I'm an '80s kid into '90s kid. Like, I mean, my childhood is just rich with pop culture and. I mean, I remember, you know, not having a computer. I remember having a computer. I remember floppy disks. I remember CDs. I mean, I remember cassette tapes. I remember CDs. I remember, you know, MP3s. Like, I I had it all because of the fact of when I grew up, it was definitely a transition into what we now know as today. And, yeah, I mean... Oh, gosh. Pop culture, it's a thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Number 247, what's your good luck charm? I have one, but it's secret. So I know that it's a good omen when I see it. Uh, Do I have any non-secret good luck charms? Mm, Well, a charm would suggest that I carry it with me. So like a rabbit's foot or a horseshoe or something that people use for good luck, something that they rub or kiss Uh, I don't know if I do that I'm not terribly superstitious do you have anything I do is it a secret kind of that's fine you don't have to say it if it's a secret although I mean if we set it into this mic I really don't know how many people actually listen to us so maybe not many people would hear what it is but I'm still keeping mine secret
1: yeah I mean it's like the whole wish thing you're not supposed to tell people your wishes or they won't come true But yes, I I have something that I typically bring with me everywhere. Um, uh, I've had it for I don't even know how long or I'll also kind of like you kind of mentioned the idea of like when you see something, it's like, okay, this is a good omen. Um, I also have a, like, mantra saying as well. So, yeah, with that said, I'm going to keep all of those to me because I don't, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I also have a song that I don't play, but when I hear it, I know that it's significant. Like, I don't hear it that often. And when I do, I think something's, something's happening here. This is a moment. Uh... Yeah, if I can think of one that I I wouldn't mind saying out loud, then maybe I will circle back around to that. 248, what's legal now, but probably won't be in 25 years? Just thinking about, like, the concept of that, like, why would anything become illegal? Consider the TSA and how going to the gate has changed in the last 20 years.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to answer that, but cuz i don't know what's in what's going to change
0: well um line dance wise if we would need to narrow the field at all what's legal now but probably won't be um i mean line dance videos technically are still legal they just put ads on them but 25 years ago 1995 was a totally different world um maybe what's legal now but won't be in 25 years won't be legal maybe keeping your face off of like a facial recognition database maybe we're all going to be entered into one and you can't just go to an event anonymously Uh, I don't know what could be made illegal nothing's been made illegal in line dance from 95 to now so I don't know why anything would change going forward uh, I mean, it's really a simple process. You, oh, unless well, okay. What about country bars? It's it's already not legal to bring guns in. I think unless it's like an open carry state. I don't really know how that works, but like there have been shootings. Like there was the shooting Route ninety one country music festival. There was the borderline shooting in Thousand Oaks. So maybe in twenty five years it'll be stricter. What is allowed to be brought into a bar? And it already kind of is but maybe it'll be like across the board so that people feel safe when they go dancing
1: maybe maybe
0: yeah i really don't think covid's gonna change anything long term as far as whether people sit near each other or wear masks like it's gonna revert just any day now um yeah line dance wise i can't think of things being made illegal 25 years and then i'm thinking digitally like Is anything that we've done with Digital Dance Weekend the last few, I was going to say weeks, but a couple months at this point, will any of that be off limits? However, 25 years ago was 1995. Just consider things like the internet. (laughs) From 95 to now, I have no idea what 25 years now is going to look like.
1: We're actually older than Google, just so you know.
0: Yes, we are. (laughs) 25 years what won't be legal maybe you won't be allowed to copyright your own likeness maybe it'll all be considered public domain because of privacy stuff so if people want to use your image for a video like they'll be allowed to because your 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 image will be out there i don't know i don't know it's a little abstract for me number 249 would you want the ability to hear the thoughts of people near you if you couldn't turn the ability off oh my no
1: absolutely not if i want to know i'll ask and then i'll just choose whether or not i trust that they're saying the truth
0: Hmm. where it gets interesting is when people say that like they have a bunch of thoughts all at the same time or when they have thoughts that interrupt themselves so what would that sound like from the outside like if they're starting to think a thought like we we don't always have like clear linear thoughts. Sometimes you start a sentence in your head and then it turns into like a picture, and then you don't you don't need to finish the sentence in your head. Or when you are searching for the memory of something, you say what's the name of that one, and then like before you get to the end of the sentence, you've thought of the thing, so you no longer need to finish it. I feel like I would, if you couldn't turn the ability off, it would be interesting to know how it would manifest. I would be a better DJ if I knew what people were really thinking. Uh, I wouldn't want them to humor me. I would want to know what they really want to hear. Or if they didn't want to hear something, I would just know not to play it as often, perhaps, if a lot of people didn't actually like it, but they just looked like they were. Uh, As an instructor... I guess they would be more honest or like I would know whether they were actually getting the lesson and I would know which parts they need repeating cuz sometimes their people are shy and they they don't want to tell you that they need some specific thing like if they if if they're thinking oh, why why doesn't he just go over da 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 like that's the only part I need help with then you would know to do that. It does seem invasive, so I think publicly I shouldn't say that I would want this ability. <laughs> But, I think it would be interesting at least a sample
1: so a couple things with this one, specifically again, no, absolutely not i don't I don't like the idea that my thoughts wouldn't be private and my choice to share or not um so I wouldn't want to take that away from somebody else. The other thing is, I have seen this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where she gets the ability to hear what other people thoughts are and she can't control it and can't turn it off and at first it starts out fun and entertaining and then all of a sudden you realize you can't be around other people because people think all the time and even just being around yourself and how invasive your thoughts might be could you imagine having one other person's thoughts just constantly going 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 and of course naturally as demonstrated in this same episode The people around you are going to think the things that they don't want you to hear if they know you have this ability. And then there's that, but also you wouldn't be able to, I mean, again, one person is going to be way too crazy. So if you add five people, that's, that's insane, like it would be like playing, you know, five different songs at one point and sit, you know, like all of them at the same level, blasting into your head, where you are going to be overstimulated and can't hear. The other thing I have with this question is define near you. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, like how far out? Oh, oh, god, that would get also super spooky if you think you're out in nature. Like, oh, finally. I can i can get some distance and get some perspective and then all of a sudden you start hearing some thinker it's like where are they i thought i was alone i wonder how remote you would have to be like even in antarctica they have scientists maybe you'd live in the desert somewhere where you can see everywhere on the horizon hmm. dance-wise yeah i think i addressed it dance-wise number 250 When was the last time you stayed up through the entire night? That's actually happened a lot during quarantine. So I'll just say like, I don't know, pick a time in the last couple months. What's your answer?
1: Okay. So yes to the quarantine situation. And actually I stay up late a lot and then I also sleep a lot. So it varies. Um, But Windy City, 2019, we danced all night from the moment Open Dance started until Open Dance started the next morning Woot woot, huge shout out to J.P. Potter and Louis St. George
0: And I think uh, J.P. said that that was the first time that had ever happened, it's something that people had talked about doing before, but that was the first time it occurred, so I'm, I'm happy that we were able to be part of Line Dance History Number 251, what's something that people think makes them look cool, but actually has the opposite effect? For me, I don't know if it's a cool thing, but I I consider smoking a turn off, like cigarette smoking. Um, if I find someone attractive, if I see them smoking, it just uh, it, it takes that way down. Also, uh, I doubt many of the listeners of this show will have a problem with this because I doubt you're the ones who do it. But um, another attractiveness thing for me is girls who flip off the camera and like, for any reason really, like, if, if, they, if they're like, like, making a face and then flipping off the camera, I, I again it may be, it, it's a, makes some look cool intent, but I just find it not pleasant to see I don't know it, it's like the smoking thing, like, you know, your body, your choice, you do what you want, it doesn't matter what I think but I know that I do have a reaction to it when I see it, and it's not impressed it's It's just not into it.
1: I can get behind those as well i can I can see that I have that same well lack of a better term adverse reaction to it um I know a lot of people start out thinking they look cool in like high school and whatnot, and that's how they get into the whole long term smoking thing um my first initial reaction which you're going to counter because you love them and it's not that it makes them look cool but you might think the object itself is cool but they're actually not (laughs) it's the fanny pack
0: Uh, i grew up with fanny packs just so people are aware so did i (laughs) um I had I had one that was a Jurassic Park raptor pack. I wonder if they still have those on eBay. I should look that up. Um, I had a raptor pack uh, that was definitely fourth grade at least. And then as I got older, that one was getting worn out. It was just, it was like a novelty sort of item. So it wasn't meant to last forever. Uh, but then I got some like backpacker canvas material fanny packs and, and I think between 7th and 8th grade was when I stopped wearing it. So I still had it all the way until 7th grade. And it was so useful for me. It was like a utility belt. And I grew up reading comics also. So I had like my, my scissors and my glasses case. Oh, and my scissors had a sheath that my mom made. So she took cardboard uh, or some kind of like tag board and then wrapped it in masking tape. And then I could slip my scissors uh, in, into the sheath uh, and run around during recess and I wouldn't stab myself in the gut. Uh, also because I was just that cool. Not only did I have the glasses case for my glasses, I also had the inhaler for my asthma, (laughs) which, you know, came and went here and there over the years. I think it's pretty much gone now. I think I've grown out of it mostly, but anyway, it was very functional. Um, I had a little coin purse. Now that I think about it, I had a coin purse, with one of those like beaded chains where you like slip the ball into the oboli- uh, oval oblong shape. Um, it was it was a wolf. It was like an embossed leather wolf. And uh, I had some coins in my coin purse on my fanny pack. I was that cool. It was a wolf. <laughs> I was a cub scout. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm
1: just doing that to tease you, right? I actually like fanny packs.
0: (laughs) I should bring it back for 2020. That can be the summer disaster. (laughs) To everyone else, to me, it still looks cool. 252, what's the oldest thing you own? If I still have it, maybe it's my fanny pack. Uh, I could probably go older. What's yours?
1: Well, considering 99% of my possessions burned in a fire, does my car count?
0: And that one's not for long. And that one's until until something cheap comes along. Um, go ahead.
1: I know what it is. It's my have fun go mad t-shirt from Scott Blemons.
0: Does that predate your car? (laughs) When did you get your car? It's shown some wear.
1: Well, it's one of those things where I technically had my car prior to the fire, so it would be my car. But considering my car is on its way out to being replaced, it will then turn into my Scott Blevins t-shirt. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I can see that. Oldest thing I own. Oh. I'm wondering what I still keep around in the house. I mean, honestly, I still have some of my assignments from middle school. I, I can like think clearly on some ones that I was very proud of that are in a bin in my room, I think. If not my room, then in the garage. Um, I haven't looked at them in a long time, but those aren't going anywhere. Like, I put a lot of time into those, so... Someday, the imaginary kids that I'm going to have with no one, uh, they're going to get to sit around the fire, if those are still allowed in houses, and uh, enjoy my 7th grade assignments. Uh, And then I'll show them my fanny pack, if I still have it somewhere. Oh, maybe a coin collection. I collected a lot of coins when I was a kid. Also, maybe my Weird Al tapes from 4th grade, just piling the cool on... Oh, no, older than that, I have Pogs. I still have Pogs, my original ones. Um, can I go back farther than that? I think I have action figures from kindergarten slash first grade somewhere, maybe. Probably not in my local possession, though. I think those would be at my my parents' house in Daily City. Hmm. Oldest, other than that. And something I own, not something that my parents had for me, but something that was mine. Might be those. Now 2 is my uh, one of my first CDs ever. Um, I think Backstreet Boys was the first one of the first cassettes I owned. I'm pretty sure Weird Al was older than that. Oh, Legos. I still have some old Legos. Or Lego blocks, I think is the correct terminology for that. Yeah, maybe those. I don't know. Oh, or if I own my body then myself. Yeah. Number oh, and line dance wise, what's the oldest thing I own in line dance? Mm, I still wear honestly I still wear a lot of the old sweatproofs that I wore. Sweatproof shirts that I wore at the country bars. Maybe some of my Mavericks outfits. Or Kodiak Jacks, oh definitely my Kodiak Jacks outfits yes I think I still have the first pair of boots that I bought for line dancing which are my pointy ones that I don't wear very often anymore but I still have them I bought them in on Hate Street at like a vintage something shop because I didn't own boots but I thought I was supposed to be dancing in boots so I got them and resold them several times um yeah maybe those i don't even dance in the original hat that i used to that one got all beat up Um, i don't dance in a lot of the same shirts they weren't really practical after a while i I discovered that even though they looked very authentic and country having two layers made me too sweaty so i eventually dropped the the second layer for the most part Uh, i definitely don't wear the same jeans because i'm pretty sure i wore holes in the crotch a few times uh, your thighs kind of rub together doing a lot of stuff that you do at bars. Um, yeah, those would probably be among the older things. And then yours would be your Scott Plevin shirt. Uh, number 253, what has someone borrowed but never given back my art? <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to think about that. What's yours?
1: Um, I'm sure there's been some T-shirts or some movies or CDs that my friends have borrowed that I've clearly missed. (laughs) Um, Nothing that I can say that I'm honestly attached to that I've ever wanted and or needed back that I could not have or did not replace myself.
0: I don't know what anyone would want of mine in line dance that they would someday give back. I don't wear the same clothes as other guys. Uh, And, of course, obviously not with girls either. The cut is weird. I've tried when a shirt wasn't. Sometimes you go to an event and all they have left are the women's cut shirts. And you think, God, I really want this shirt. Maybe I can just make it work. It's kind of the same size. And then you put it on it's weird. So I don't do that. Um, It just doesn't look right. Um, Borrowed. I mean, who would I lend anything to? Maybe Keith but he would have given it back by now, whatever it is. Um, you are pretty much the only other person I would know well enough to lend something to, but I don't think you would need anything of mine dance-wise. Like Again, we don't wear the same shoes. Uh, I never need to lend you anything for a performance or like uh, an event with a theme.
1: You've lent me a cable that I gave back. <laughs> yeah. That's about it.
0: Mm. and then of course with jeff i have borrowed his lights but i haven't lent him anything he's our dj here in uh, sonoma marin area borrowed and probably just money stuff but that's lame that's normal human lending um hmm. and then non-dance if there's anything that i would have i almost lent someone a shirt but it wasn't ended up not doing that um have I lent anything to my parents? <laughs> no. I don't interact with many people. This is why we have a podcast where we're practically talking to ourselves. <laughs> we don't inter- especially in quarantine, we don't really interact with a lot of other people. I guess that's okay. It's probably a safer thing right now. We'll say that it's a positive. Number 254, where is the best place you've been for taking walks? I just went on a long uh, hike with my dad up at Taylor Mountain in Santa Rosa. And there are some Pokestops up there and some gyms. Um, it's a really nice view once you get near the top. Uh, ample parking, friendly people, um, safe. There are cows. There are multiple parking lots. There's one in Kiwanis Springs and uh, another one, Petalum Hill Road. So, yeah, I definitely recommend that as far as local. Um Armstrong Woods, I think it's in like Gurnville or Forestville. Don't quote me on that, but Google it. Uh, Huge redwoods there. Um, And very drivable. Within driving distance of the city for sure. And yeah, you can take some long, easy walks or you can do the more challenging ones. And other than like around the city and interesting metropolitan areas, um, I would say so many places on the coast. Uh, Bodega Bay, Santa Cruz, Capitola, Monterey, Huntington Beach. I think Santa Barbara's by the coast. Santa Monica, San Diego. A lot of Sands and Santas. Oh, dance wise? Where does one walk? Dan- oh. Vegas dance explosion. You'll get your steps in. Just going from the room to the lobby. Anyway, what are yours? <laughs>
1: Um, for the non-dance variety, I concur with a lot of things that you've already mentioned, especially here in Santa Rosa, Run Park area. Um, I would also add Howarth Park slash Spring Lake area, which is in Santa Rosa as well. And depending on your time of season, obviously, in Northern California, because I don't necessarily recommend this in winter because it gets wet and cold. But um, the creek system here in Roner Park, they have a lot of different creeks that have some really nice paved paths. Uh, they've taken really good care of making sure that there's not a lot of the actual vegetation and nature blocking your way and everything and they do a really good job of taking care of it and I typically don't see a whole lot of litter or anything like that that would imply, you know, it not being upkept. Um and they all they all interact with each other so that you can pretty much take any of these paths any direction and get pretty much anywhere in Rohnert Park. So They're really nice.
0: Number 255, I like this one. If cartoon physics suddenly replaced real physics, what are some things you would want to try? I can think of two off the top of my head. One is the one where you run off of a tall structure and you keep going because you didn't look down and you don't fall until you notice that you are in midair. And then upon falling, I would want to bounce off of the ground so that like, the ground, the concrete underneath you, curves like a trampoline and then bounces you back up. That's one of them. The other one is if the music so at a line dance event, if the music is cranked up in speed, normally, the dJs stop the speed at the point where you can no longer move fast and safely and and you know enjoy the dancing. I would want it to go. Like maximum, maximum speed so that you're moving so fast you are literally a blur. That would be some fun cartoon physics. Uh, I'm sure others will come to mind. What are some of yours?
1: Oh, this is tricky. This is tricky. I like the idea of being able to like draw a door or paint a tunnel and being able to have that then all of a sudden you can walk through that. Um, I think that's kind of fun. I I've seen enough of the Wily e. Coyote stuff that I'm hesitant to say anything because it always works for the Roadrunner and it never works for Wiley, so I'm not sure which cartoon physics it would classify for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the idea of like the door and whatnot, that would be fun. I think,
0: um, I don't know when this would be like relevant. Okay. I've got two and a half. This is the, not really sure whether when it would be relevant, but people have accused me of having springs in my legs. And I think it would be interesting to apply that to line dance. Problem is once you're in the air from having bounced, You can't do the next several, several steps until you land, so that could be problematic. Um, And then two that I think would be fun, one would be, country bar-wise, when you're doing a stomp, like Copperhead Road or something, if everyone stomps at the same time, the ground actually shakes. Somehow, the dance floor wouldn't be hurt, but the ground would shake, like, visibly. Like, you would see pebbles rattling on the floor like when T-Rex walks by in Jurassic Park. Uh, the other one is how at the end of a big thing in, in cartoons, they'll be like, ta-da! And then you'll see like this big curtain drop in the background and balloons fall and streamers and confetti. And of course, nobody ever cleans it up because it's a cartoon. Uh, that would be fun to do at the end of some dances when there's a big ta-da finish. Just streamers and things out of nowhere. Those would be the most relevant that I can think of right now for line dance. Oh, and also the part in cartoons when they're figuring something out and you see their brain working and, like, the gears are turning and they scribble out a bunch of complicated equations on a chalkboard and suddenly they have the answer. I want that for choreography. And then the thing that I've scribbled can be the step sheet. Yeah. Oh. Oh, except that I don't have to do the actual work. It's just magically done. Number 256. What from the present will withstand the test of time? Ooh, that's such a line dance question. I'm going to give it to you.
1: Say, so isn't that the like ultimate goal of all line dance choreography is creating something that stands the test of time? Um, honestly, I think the easiest way... I can describe that is it says from the present, but that does not necessarily exclude the past either, as long as it's still currently taking place. I think line dance in general, the need to socialize and create and express oneself will always be there. And I think the fact that line dance does not require A designated partner that will actually withstand the test of time that it is is indeed for everyone any age any you know mobility level there are all kinds of variations for and substitutions for so I think that in itself will stand the test of time
0: Stomps, claps, 4-4 rhythm, 120 beats per minute. Occasional turns. Some of that is based on things Max Perry has said in the past in interviews. Some of that is based on just um, observations. Those things tend to keep popping up in line dance, and I think they will continue to do so going forward. Oh, and also clapping at the end of the dance. I forget where I first heard it, but somebody encouraged in, I think, one of the interviews, um, clapping at the end. It just makes everyone feel better. And, you know, we're all kind of glad that we've pulled off whatever the dance was. I think we can sneak one more in. 257, who in your life... Oh! I have the pickup line, by the way. I figured it out like a half an hour ago. Um, But... Well, two minutes. Who in your life is the worst at using technology? I don't know if any. Well, Michael Barr likes to make fun of how he's older and so he has uh, a, a slower rate of learning, but he ends up learning whatever it is he needs to learn. Um, so, in in a loving, kind way, that would be my my answer for that in line dance, um, but only because he would do that himself. What's yours?
1: The actual question was, "Who in your life is the worst at using technology?" Um maybe my mother i don't know how many times she would try and figure out something on her phone and then ask me and then within two seconds she's like wait how did you do that and so then i had to explain it to her but other than that i mean i think everyone around me is pretty adept at learning
0: and earlier the question was uh was it best pickup line or worst pickup line? Funniest pickup line you've ever heard. This can be used on your way to a line dance event if you're traveling by air. And either of a couple things can happen. They will come to the event with you or maybe you two will join the Mile High Club. Who knows? Um, And it goes a little, well, you develop your own variations. But uh, the gist is you and I are two points on a plane. Want to make a line dance? (laughs) Ha 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 layers there are layers and we have like 20 seconds left do you have any thoughts thoughts on this would this work <laughs> i guess it depends on how they say it
1: yes uh, and yes definitely
0: awesome all right well this has been line dance podcast with megan barcelia and christopher gonzalez we thank you so much for tuning in yet again until next time we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor, floor.